Hello, Southern Middle Tennessee. This is Front Porch Radio News. I'm Chris Yao filling in for Tom Price. Happy President's Day to all of you out there. Originally established in 1885 in recognition of President George Washington, the holiday became popularly known as President's Day after it was moved as part of 1971's Uniform Monday Holiday Act, a successful attempt to create more three-day weekends for the nation's workforce. And yet, I'm here today. If you're out there working, have a good one. If you're out there having a good day, Enjoy. We'll start with some local news. Woodard Elementary Principal Carol Ann Gent is no stranger to finding ways to giving back to the community, whether it be through her students or her own experience. Crafting unique ways to encourage and teach students has long been a passion for Gent, and that passion has allowed students to evolve in the way that they learn. When Gent first arrived at the school, she used a hands-on approach to teaching, by bringing in different items from her outdoor adventures, affectionately known as Camp Carol Ann. She also taught students the importance of recycling, specifically crayons. Students began to bring in used crayons and gently melt them down to make keepsake crayons that other students treasured. Eventually, she let her students get in on the fun by allowing them to make the, and package the unique designs. The school then used them for academic or behavioral awards and even utilized being able to join in on the process as the actual award. When the 2020 tornado devastated Nashville and surrounding areas, Gent and the Woodard Elementary students knew exactly how they could help. Robert Churchwell Elementary sustained significant damage in the storm, but tragedy has a way of bringing out the best of a community and that's when Crayons for a Cause was born. A STEM expo was held on March 7, 2020, where students showcased their crayons and raised more than $1,200 for Robert Churchwell Elementary School. That spurred along the idea of holding more donation drives, and a local donation from Youth Educational Services allowed the school to create an additional workspace with a microwave and molds. Now, the students run the show. The process starts with a big bucket, where students and teachers dump used crayons and then move to a smaller container, where students remove the paper covering with dish soap and water. From there, students peel off the paper and sort each crayon by color before placing small pieces of crayons into the rubber molds. There are no rules when it comes to filling the molds other than just fill it to the top. Once the molds are full, they place them in the microwave and they're melted down. After they're melted and cooled, they're removed from the microwave. Each one is packaged in a plastic bag and is ready to be sold. Probably a fact unknown by most is that crayon wax is not biodegradable, so the recycling process serves multiple purposes. Crayola alone makes 12 million crayons each day, and every 100 crayons equals 1 pound. Woodard Elementary has recycled more than 300 pounds of crayons with this project. At the beginning of the school year, Woodard Elementary students chose to use their crayon drive to support Miracle League of Columbia, they held a check presentation on Monday, February 13th, where the school presented the organization with a check for $1,604. We had an awesome privilege of raising money for the Miracle League through our crayons for a cause, Gent said. I would like to issue a challenge to all schools in Murray County to help raise money for this worthy cause. We have students that will benefit from the Miracle League, and it gave our students so much joy and compassion to help others. Murray Regional Medical Center recently announced Lesbia Martinez and Jordan Shaw have joined the advisory board for the 2023 term. 
Martinez has more than 20 years of experience in business leadership at various local environmental abatement companies. She currently serves as president of the Central Fire Restoration and Cleaning, LLC, course director at Tennessee Environmental Services, and general manager of Cumberland Environmental Resources Company. She holds a bachelor's degree from Instituto Bilingue of Guatemala, Guatemalteco in Guatemala City, Guatemala. Shaw, a military veteran and former county commissioner in Murray County, has 25 years of experience in the IT industry. He's currently the chief technology officer for the National Safety Council. He holds a bachelor's degree in organizational management from Bethel University, a master's degree in informational systems from the University of Phoenix, and a doctor of business administration from Argosy University. He's also working on a second doctorate in artificial intelligence from Capital Technology University. I want to thank Lesbian and Jordan for their willingness to represent the Murray community and serve on our advisory board, said Murray Regional Health CEO Martin Cheney. They both bring decades of proven leadership, experience that will only further enhance our board. We're blessed to have them. Murray Regional announced its 2023 Board of Trustees and Advisory Board members in January. A few residents and business owners are assessing damage to their property after two EF0 tornadoes ripped through Lawrence County, including the town of Etheridge late Thursday afternoon, uprooting large trees and damaging structures. After surveying the area, the Nashville Weather Service confirmed Friday evening that the severe storm produced two tornadoes that touched down in Lawrence County, in addition to an EF1 which hit Marshall County on Thursday. Mature trees along the tornado's pass were unearthed in Lawrence County, while a popular antique store and rural residence sustained the most damage when high-speed winds reaching 85 miles per hour tore through the area. According to National Weather Service forecaster Matt Reagan, the first tornado touched down in rural Lawrence County at Granddaddy and Gore Roads, spanning 3.7 miles, while the second tornado hit Etheridge, or what is known as Amish country, spanning 5.5 miles. No injuries were reported. Linda Staggs, co-owner of the 13-year-old business Heart and Soul Antiques and Collectibles in Etheridge, was sitting Thursday on the porch of her popular antique hub, and while she and her husband realized there was a, they were in the path of a possible tornado. The violent winds demolished the porch structure at approximately 4.30 p.m., where Staggs was sitting just seconds before, damaging the roof and dozens of pieces of Amish-made furniture displayed outside of the store. The store, a 27-year-old warehouse encompassing 2,500 square feet of treasures, from glassware to Amish handmade furniture and local jellies and jams, is situated in the heart of Amish country, where it is not uncommon to see wagons led by horses amid busy Highway 43. When she emerged, she exited the building through the back door since the rubble blocked the front entrance. I didn't realize the damage until I made it outside. I was lucky. It could have been a lot worse, she said. Owner of the building, David McGee, said he's still assessing the damage and timeline to repairs to the building. Despite the ex- external destruction, McGee and Stagg said they are thankful that no significant damage affected the outside of the inside of the building or inventory inside or any people. Linda Stagg said her phone has not stopped ringing since the building was hit. People keep calling to see if I'm okay. That's the one thing about small town life. Everybody knows you. Well, we call each other. We check on each other. The Stag said they are looking forward to getting back to business at the store that draws customers from all over the United States and the world as far away as Iceland. 
Derek Young, a graduating senior at Columbia Academy, has been named a finalist for the 2023 National Merit Scholarship Program. Finalists were selected from a pool of 16,000 semifinalists named in September. All finalists will be considered for the National Merit Scholarships to be offered this year. The program finalist certificate is a high honor bestowed upon graduating seniors due to their distinguished performance and high potential for future academic accomplishments. Finalist candidates are proven to have a strong combination of academic skills and achievements, extracurricular accomplishments, and potential for success in rigorous university studies. Young is the seventh student from Columbia Academy to achieve this honor and the third in the last four years. He's the son of Philip and Brandy Young and brother of National Merit finalist Philip Young III, class of 2020. He currently possesses a 4.6 weighted GPA and has received multiple offers for university, including Alabama, uh, Alabama Huntsville, Tennessee Tech, and Harding University. He's currently undecided on his future plans. All right, we're going to take our first break of the day. When we come back, a look at Hometown Memorials right here on Front Porch Radio News. Be right back after this. Listening 101.7, 103.7, WKOM, WKRM, Delp Kennedy, owner operator. Great to have you with us. Family first. <laughs> My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us, it was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine too. At Shelter Insurance, Our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see shelter agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group. Or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group. Land is your legacy. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. 
Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. We're known for a lot of great things here in Tennessee, but there's one thing we've got to fix now. Tennessee leads the nation in gun thefts, and too often, criminals use stolen guns in violent crimes. I'm TBI Director David Roush. Help us prevent gun thefts. When you're not carrying, secure your guns, not only at home, but also in your car. Secure it. Lock it. Help stop it. Take the extra step. Together, we can keep Tennessee safe. Brought to you by the TBI, Tennessee Association of Broadcasters, and this station. Funded under an agreement with the State of Tennessee Department of Finance and Administration Office of Criminal Justice Programs. Supported by Award 2020 MUBX0051. Awarded by the Bureau of Justice Assistance, Office of Justice Programs, USDOJ. You're listening to your local radio. Welcome back in Southern Middle Tennessee. I'm Chris Yao filling in for Tom Price. We'll take a look now at your hometown memorials. Mr. Matthew Arnold Williams, 83, farmer and resident of Linville, died Thursday, February 16th at Vanderbilt Medical Center. Funeral services for Mr. Williams will be conducted today at 2 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow in the Linwood Cemetery. Family will visit with friends Monday from noon until service time at the funeral home. Mr. Harry David Underwood, 90, retired teacher, principal, and coach for Santa Fe School, Cullioca School, and Spring Hill School, died Friday, February 17th at Vanderbilt University Medical Center. Funeral services for Mr. Underwood will be conducted Wednesday at 11 a.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow in the Linwood Cemetery. Family will visit with friends Tuesday from 4 until 7 at the funeral home. Mr. Victor C. Beck Sr., 94, resident of Columbia, passed away on Sunday, February 19, 2023, at Life Care Center of Columbia. Funeral services for Mr. Beck will be conducted Wednesday, February 22nd at 2 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Family will visit with friends Wednesday from 1 until service time at the funeral home. Now look at news from around the state. What's the difference between a Limerita sparkling margarita, 8% alcohol volume, and a Pickers unplugged vodka soda, which is 5% alcohol volume? Well, you can find the Limerita at Kroger or Publix, but the less boozy Nashville-made Pickers requires an extra trip to the liquor store. That's because state law limits grocery stores to offering premixed cocktails that are wine or malt-based, while liquor-based products are not allowed. Lawmakers approved wine and beer sales at grocery stores in 2016, but product offerings remain limited to flavored beers and liquor-free hard seltzers. Labels have become increasingly creative. Products like Jack Daniels, Down Home Punch, and Cayman Jack Margarita may sound like they're made with whiskey or tequila, but they're not. 
Premixed cocktails made with real hard liquor still require a trip to the liquor store, even if the drinks you're looking for, say a high noon hard seltzer or Malibu strawberry daiquiri, contain less alcohol than the White Claw Surge available at Target. But that might soon change. State Senator John Lundberg, Republican of Bristol, is proposing to allow any ready-to-drink cocktails, regardless of their ingredients, to be sold in grocery stores as long as they contain 10.1% alcohol by volume or less. Lundberg said his goal is to make the premixed beverage sales more consumer-friendly. We're trying to clarify and deconfuse the consumer, he told Main Street Nashville. The average consumer wants the ready-to-drink premixed co- Ready to drink pre-mixed drinks, that's what these all are. And my contention is, look, if we meet the threshold of less than 10% alcohol by volume or 8.1% by gravity, sell it. His legislation, Senate Bill 304, would also clarify inconsistency in how the law defines alcohol content. While state code measures alcohol percentages by weight, package labels refer to alcohol by volume. It's likely the proposal will face some pushback from liquor stores and malt beverage producers who now effectively have a monopoly on their respective product sales. Representatives of Tennessee Malt Beverage Association and Wine and Spirits Wholesalers of Tennessee did not respond to a request for comment for the story. Tennessee has gradually moved toward allowing more convenient alcohol purchases, but bottled liquor in grocery stores is not likely anytime soon. Despite nearby states like Kentucky and Florida now allowing grocery stores to have liquor sections as long as they have a separate entrance. Senate Bill 304 is awaiting consideration in the state Senate and local committee. The Tennessee Department of Health joins partners across the state for the 8th annual Tennessee Quit Week beginning February 20th to the 24th to encourage Tennesseans who want to quit using tobacco products to take advantage of the state's free resource, the Tennessee Tobacco Quit Line, 1-800-QUIT-NOW. We know more than 11,000 Tennesseans die each year from smoking-related illnesses, said Tennessee Health Commissioner Ralph Alvarado. Help is available for those who want to make it a priority to live healthier lives and are ready to quit smoking, vaping, or using tobacco products. Cigarette smoking is the leading cause of preventable death and disability in the United States, and annual health care costs in Tennessee directly caused by smoking are $3.1 billion. Besides calling 1-800-QUIT-NOW, Tennesseans can text QUIT to 615-795-0600 or access tnquitline.com for free coaching and nicotine replacement patches if eligible. Quitting time in Tennessee information and resources are available at Tennessee Quit Week 2023. All services are free to Tennesseans and can double a tobacco user's chance of quitting successfully. Pregnant women who smoke are encouraged to contact their local health department to learn about the Baby and Me tobacco-free program for education and support, and participants can earn free diapers for each month for up to one year. Nashville Mayor John Cooper sent letters to the Republican and Democratic parties expressing interest in the city planning, playing host to the 2028 National Political Conventions, but the benefits of being host to these events for Nashville and Tennessee residents wouldn't be as advertised. Econom- Economist E. Frank Stevenson of Georgia's Berry College and Victor Matheson of Holy Cross have extensively studied the benefits of ho- being a host city for conventions over the past 20 years and have found... While there's an increase in hotel occupancy, the benefits never add up to the claimed benefit. 
Matheson also pointed out they can be a security concern and disrupt the rest of the city's operations. Boston closed Interstate 93 through the city due to security concerns during the 2004 Democratic National Convention, while attendance dropped 20% for Broadway shows over the 2004 Republican National Convention in New York. A 2017 paper from Stevens, Matheson, and Lauren Heller show conventions typically bring in $20 million in increased hotel spending, making the average claims of $150 million direct impact for a city highly unlikely. An updated paper from Heller, Stevenson, and Abi Arabindo then showed that in 2016, the Republican National Convention brought in $19.5 million more in hotel spending, while the Democratic National Convention had a $39 million hotel impact in Philadelphia. Hotel rates were at least $100 more than average during the convention. Matheson noted convention visitors spend outside hotels and caterers have increased businesses and security brought in from those throughout the country. But hotel spending and security spending leaves the host city immediately after the convention as security returns home and the hotel revenue is set to parent companies outside of Nashville. Cooper and House Speaker Cameron Sexton spoke about the letters of convention interest after they were sent. The Speaker is hopeful Nashville will be selected as a host city. He looks forward to continuing to work with Mayor Cooper for the betterment of Nashville and Tennessee in the years ahead. We're going to take our final break of the day. When we come back, one final story here on Good Morning Southern Middle Tennessee. We'll be right back after this. go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why your satisfaction is so important to Jeff Hargrove and Susie Sowell. There's a great deal of satisfaction in serving a family and serving them well. It's an eye for detail and thoughtfulness and taking the time to see that things are done right. We do have nice facilities and good people and we work hard to do things well, but we don't want that to intimidate people as to what they think it will cost. Taking care of you is our primary concern. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. 
Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. You're listening to your local radio. Welcome back in Front Porch Radio News again. I'm Chris Yao filling in for Tom Price today here on President's Day. Glad Tom got a three-day weekend. Just kidding, Tom. And once again, if you're out there and you are working, hope you have a fantastic President's Day. And for those of you who did get the day off, enjoy it as well. We've got time for one more local story here from Southern Middle Tennessee. City of Columbia will receive a $4.8 million grant to help cover costs of what has been called the largest capital project in the city's history, constructing a new wastewater treatment plant. The $4.8 million is earmarked for Columbia, was among 24 grants announced last week by the Tennessee Department of Environmental and Conservation, totaling $125.9 million from the state's ARP funds. Columbia is set to receive $4,819,505 to cover design costs to renovate and expand the city's wastewater treatment plant, which is currently operating at 83% capacity. The grant will also cover construction costs to renovate and replace aging sewer lines and to replace the Duck River Sewage Pumping Station. The current plant has been in operation since 1978, and according to TDEC, a majority of the city's sewer lines are more than 50 years old. In a press release, Scott, uh, Representative Scott Sapicki said necessary infrastructure is vital for Columbia as the city continues to grow. This grant will help, <clears throat> help address critical needs that currently exist while also ensuring that our community continues to thrive for years to come, he said. I appreciate TDEC's continued partnership and support for these very important projects. <clears throat> I'm so pleased about this recent grant announced by the state through the administration of federal funds stemming from the American Rescue Plan at Columbia Mayor Chaz Mulder. This announcement stems from the hard work by city staff in pursuing every available funding source to help minimize the cost burden of this project, our largest ever. Most of all, I'm proud that this project provides yet another example of responsible growth, planning for the future as the state-of-the-art treatment plant will position us for adequate wastewater capacity for the next 50 years and beyond. Of the $3.7 billion the state received in ARP funds, $1.35 billion of the funds came from the Financial Stimulus Accountability Group to TDEC to support water projects in communities throughout Tennessee. Of the $1.35 billion, $1 billion was designated for non-competitive formula-based grants offered by counties and eligible cities. The remaining funds will go to state-initiated projects and competitive grants. During last week's study section of the Columbia City Council, the group discussed a $3.2 $87 million budget amendment for the wastewater project. Among other items on the agenda was the January 12th meeting was an increase of 
nearly $450,000 in budgeted funds for fuel expenses by city vehicles, amending the mutual aid agreements between the Columbia Fire Department and the cities of Spring Hill and Mount Pleasant, and revising the boundaries of the city's five voting wards as a result of the 2020 census. <clears throat> a public hearing of the new ward boundaries will be scheduled, uh, was scheduled for February 9th. Mulder, who was re-elected in November, and newly elected Vice Mayor Randy McBroom are scheduled to be sworn into, uh, were scheduled to be sworn into office uh, at Woodard Elementary School last week. You can find this story and more at MainStreetMurray.com. And if you'd like to subscribe to Murray County's weekly newspaper, you can do so for just $25 per year. Again, that's at MainStreetMurray.com. I'm Chris Yao. Again, filling in for Tom Price. Hope you guys have had a fantastic day here. And we look forward to seeing you again down the road. Again, this has been Front Porch Radio News on Southern Middle Tennessee's favorite radio stations. Kennedy Broadcasting, WKRM and WKOM. See you next week. <laughs>